Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome to episode 129 of Know Your Gear. This is the Friday show, of course, that I look forward to every week. Hopefully you work uh, look forward to it as well. Uh, Joe McKinney just did a happy Friday, everyone. And uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's, uh, let's talk. Let's see what's going on this week. I had probably the busiest week I've had in forever. <laughs> just I feel like I feel like I just nonstop working. I am looking forward to uh, a day off. Let me tell you, um, a lot of exciting stuff. If you didn't notice, a couple of things are cool. I'll put a link when I index it. Um, first thing that's probably worth talking about or mentioning was last week I mentioned that uh, uh, Micah is the artistic autistic, and he is doing him and his father are doing an auction uh, on eBay, which I put a link down below to raise money for music lessons for autistic kids and they got the first bid which is $500 for the guitar so that's outstanding and so thank you guys for supporting that cause that was a really really cool thing plus something happened something happened that uh it just kind of like struck me and I thought I'd share it with you guys um apparently the uh, the uh, zither stands, which are those stands behind me right there. You guys seen I did a video where I bought a couple of those um, and I tried to knock over my guitar. Um, they apparently watched the the live show, saw the give uh, the giveaway, the donate or the uh, the auction for the guitar, and they donated a stand with the guitar. So that's a hundred dollar stand. If that's if that if they went the base model, the base model is a hundred dollars. Um, so now the guitar is going to come with a hundred dollar stand on top of the fact that, you know, it has his original artwork on there. That was just really cool. I was in shock when, um, when they told me, uh, that Zither had reached out to him and done that. I thought that was really cool. And it really, really solidifies the whole community aspect of this, uh, to see a company do that is really cool. So, um, so very cool. I mean, I don't know what to say. That was really cool. So th- thank you to Zither Stands. Um, obviously, we should give them some support. I like the stands already. That's why I bought mine. So uh, definitely thank them for that as well. And then something else real quick uh, on a side note. Uh, I, I, As you guys know, I talked about I went to San Diego and I did a bunch of videos with uh, Marty Schwartz. Uh, he has a very large instructional guitar channel. And um, we did, uh, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to tell you how many videos, but let's just say a good amount, a lot. And um, anyways, they released another one today. So uh, my understanding is they're going to release them out over the next year or so. So these videos we did. So check it out. I enjoyed this one. If you want to see me in a Nikki Six hairdo. uh, (laughs) What's funny about those videos on a side note, so you know, is I have no, I have no idea, no control over what happens. So we film the videos, but unlike my videos where I edit them and I kind of see what's going on and then I send them to my patrons and see if the, what the patrons think of the video before I release it. Um, these videos, I, when they pop out, they're just whatever. <laughs> so it's a different kind of feeling uh, for me. It's, uh, it's an interesting uh, uh, thing to see uh, content you make, but not know how it how it's going to look or come out. So, um, really cool. So very cool. Th- uh, so uh, very honored, very honored to work with those guys, but obviously the videos are turning out great. Uh, I'm very excited about those as well. So those are my announcements. Let's talk about what you guys want to talk about. So, uh, real quick last week, Reggie Wooten did a, a super chat at the last minute. We didn't get to dis- discuss it. All he did was give me a couple bucks for beer money. Thank you, Reggie. I appreciate that. 
<laughs> can't can't hate that deal. Um, so on that note, hold on, let me refresh. And um, and Reggie, you know what? Uh, just to let you know, I didn't tell anyone last week uh, because I didn't want to. So please, you know, it's already happened. It's too late now. <laughs> I had made a decision uh, last week to donate. Uh, whatever I got in super chats last week to Melissa. If you guys remember Melissa, we did a sharp of my axe. She uh, did her own guitar. She has now started an after school program with 20 kids and she has purchased or got donated. And by the way, I want to thank a lot of you. A lot of you in the community donated guitars and other things to her tuners. Um, anyways, she's, she's got these guitars. She fixed them up. She did all this work. I mean, it's, it's, amazing to watch what she's done she's basically created a class for kids to learn guitar after class so that so this thing that we love can continue to go on anyways uh i decided that i would donate all of last week's super chats to her cause so this week uh she just sent me a thank you uh text today i i basically uh asked her what she needed and we sent some stuff to her so i just want to let you guys know that uh i get all the credit Thank you. <laughs> but really, it was uh, your week. It was your last week's Super Chats that actually funded the majority of that. Um, so we got her a couple amps, a couple gig bags, a couple cables so uh, so that she can do some stuff. And I want to thank you guys for that. Um, and uh, and uh, I didn't want to tell you guys because sometimes you guys are amazing. You get a little overzealous with that. Um, but uh, I wanted to keep it under control, normal. And uh, anyways, it was just great. So that now we've got to talk about some guitar stuff. That's the feel good community stuff, which is always awesome. Grumpy Mike said Melissa rocks. You know what? She is a force to be reckoned with. I will tell you that, man. I don't know how many people that could literally learn a skill set and then put it into action better than what I've witnessed her do. Um, she literally put me to shame. <laughs> <laughs> so you know i i look at it what she does and i go man i really need to to be a better person work a little harder you know it's just great when you get inspired like that she did great i never in a million years thought you know hey uh do a video and and uh and then she would turn around and turn it into a i'm going to teach 20 kids how to play guitar and get them guitars and everything so and again thank you guys a lot of you guys deserve credit too especially the patrons and but also just the regular viewers a lot of you guys have stepped up and helped her center guitars um fantastic you know so um and uh, what else? What else do we got? Let's hit some questions. Okay, so I keep saying that, and then I just keep kind of chatting. Uh, Grisilda. I'm going to say that's how I say it. Like Zelda, like the game Zelda, and then Gr Grisilda. Uh, you talked about front-of-the-line fees to get work done faster. Do large manufacturers like Fender and G&L accept the customer for that customer orders? No, probably not. Um, you know, the reality of that is, uh, you know, one of the things is I, I've had this, I don't know if I ever told you guys this, but I'm gonna tell you this thing about now that I've been on YouTube a couple years, being on YouTube, I, I, I now can understand a little bit more behind the scenes than I did even before I had the channel and I was in this industry. Um, and one of the things I definitely understand is there's definitely some rules in play that don't seem like uh, I would ever know that they existed. So what I mean by that, Griselda, is that um, manufacturers don't have a fee to get to the front of the line, but I have experienced it personally, so I can't imagine it's too different. I have experienced now a bunch of companies with my friends that are YouTubers, not even rock stars, obviously. I don't, you know, not talking about rock stars. I'm talking about just YouTubers, guys like me, jacking their jaw on the internet, um, where 
I have experienced front-of-the-line service where I've ordered guitars or they've ordered guitars and the manufacturer got it done in a fraction of the time ahead of the customers. And at first, I didn't know how I felt about that. And that's why I'm bringing this up because I was like, wow, that doesn't seem right. But then when you think about it, Really, what's important is to obviously stay alive in this industry. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. There's a lot of guitars, the companies that have gone broke. So I think a lot of times they're they're trying to keep the optics right. Now, on that same note, don't get too carried away. I've had the opposite effect. I've had where, uh, you know, no no uh, premium service for being in the, uh, the, the, the uh, I don't want to say the limelight, but it being in the uh, a view of the audience or something. Um, and uh, and actually, sometimes even like worse. Like you think they were if they were smart, they would at least give you their 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 best grade of customer service. But they don't even do that. But that being said, I I have seen companies do front of line service, but not for fees, just for the clout of it, who you are. So I would imagine rock stars get a faster turnaround as well. Again, this is a little conjecture. I don't want to insinuate that all companies do this. I'm just saying, obviously, from what I've seen, I can definitely see where it's plausible. It's done that way. Um, the, the other thing, too, so you know, Griselda, is it's impossible probably for most companies to do a paid for the front-of-the-line service. Paying for the front-of-the-line service, in my world, the way it works, the way I do it is, no one is pushed back. So let me give you an example. If you brought a guitar to me and I told you it takes two weeks to do it, and, and it will be done, you know, in the Thursday after next, and a guy comes in and says, hey, could you do my guitar? I need it right now. And I say, sure, there's a front-of-the-line service. And they pay that. I do the guitar right then. But I don't push the other guitar back. I actually increase the amount of hours I work. I actually increase how much work I do. That's why I'm I'm charging you because I'm going to work more to put yours ahead. I'm not charging to push someone back. I'm charging to work more, to take time away from my kids, my family, my enjoyment. You know, your time has value. You know, there's only so many hours I want to work in a day. So that's how I do it. A company would, a larger company, not just a person, would have a much harder time doing that. Um, In fact, it would be even harder for me if I had two or three people because it's me. I can decide to do it. I don't know if I could walk up if I and tell an employee, hey, by the way, you have to work extra tonight. Um, well, I guess if you paid them overtime, it might work, but you get the idea. So that's the idea. I look at it like overtime. If you want me to work more, then I need to get paid more. Uh, so at least when I'm spending my time with my kids, maybe we'll go to Disneyland or something. Do something. I don't know. Go to dinner. Um, so let's see. Uh, Melissa just did $20 for your positive impact. Uh, you have had on the guitar community. Melissa, that's not fair. The whole point is to send you. Anyways, thank you, Melissa. That was uh, awesome. We'll figure out a way to pay that forward in some way. Uh, you know, it seems to be what we try to do on the channel. Try to keep it positive. Let's see. Let's see if we can keep it going. Uh, thank you, Melissa. Dan Brown said, what's your guilty pleasure song or band? Oh, guilty pleasure song or band. You know, the problem is, is I'm so, I'm so into so much music. I think my guilty pleasure would be uh, I can tell you this. Uh, t- I-, I will tell you this. Uh, the concerts I've been to. I've been to Reba McIntyre. I've been to Barry Manilow. I've been to Sepultura. I've been to Pantera. Avenged Sevenfold. I'm just. I'm gonna start rattling off concerts I've been to. Um, I've been to Iron Maiden. I've been to uh, Aerosmith. I've been to the Fifth Dimension. I've been to the Association. I've been to um, uh, Katy Perry. No, not Katy Perry. Pink. I. I didn't go to Katy Perry. <laughs> I went to Pink. Um, so, uh, uh, and of course, you know, a plethora of country bands. So, uh, you know, besides punk rock bands, I, so it's, I tend to, uh, have a lot of guilty pleasures cause I don't, I never, I never was raised in a way that it's like, um, 
I like metal or I like country. There's been phases in my life where I was into other music. And uh, now as, as an adult, I just kind of go crazy with it. However, I will tell you this, and this is something to point out because I feel like if my wife watches the show, she's going to call me on it. Um, I that don't want to imply that I listen to a lot of variety of music at the same time. Like my, if I'm in the car, I'm not listening to 20 different types of music. I tend to pick a genre, play it to death to the point where everyone around me can't take it anymore. And then I get bored of myself and move to the next one. So I could go through weeks just listening to nothing but country music and weeks of this blues, death metal, just techno. I don't know what it is. I just get into something and I just consume it uh, until I can't take it anymore. By the way, I know that has nothing to do with music. I'm also notorious for doing that. Uh, like if you take me to a, a coffee shop I like, I will go to that coffee shop until I can't stand it anymore and then I don't go for years. It's just, I don't know. <laughs> You guys, some of you guys are like that, I'm sure. Um, you know, it's funny is as different as Ralph is for me. You guys know Ralph. Uh, that's one thing that me and Ralph have in common. If if you take Ralph somewhere he likes, he, you you got to be ready that you're going to go nothing but that place until you can't take it anymore. Um, oh, uh, uh, Ramon wants to know: uh, Do live tones need to be spot on to the recorded ones? Well, you know what's funny about that? I it's that's a great that's a great conversation uh, to have because um, one, there's a lot of people like John Mayer, and there's a lot of artists that think that yeah, they want to they want to bring you the exact sound of the album uh, to to a live show. I personally like it if it's not like the album. I want I'm there at the concert to have a different experience. Um, in fact, a lot of times I go to concerts, and I think a concert that sticks out in my head is King's X. I've seen King's X three times now live, and I don't think I would ever have gotten on the King's X bandwagon and liked them if I would just listened to their albums. It was live, and when I listen to their albums, I don't actually enjoy the albums as much as, as oops, forgot to turn off my phone. Sorry about that. As much as I like them live but live when i'm listening to the album i kind of rethink about how they great they were live so um i don't think it needs to be i mean i'm sure everybody has a, a different opinion on that i would like to see what you guys think too but i don't think it needs to be exact to the tones um you know you want it to be familiar though sometimes it's uh you know when they do something wacky you know I've, I've had to experience both ways, by the way. You go to a show and they take a different take on a song that you love and you go, wow, that was amazing. And then sometimes you feel like, you know, I wish they would have just stuck to the the original. Um, the uh, Let's see. Uh, Degayify says, favorite Strat pickguard body color combination. Oh, well, it's easy. It's my copper Strat. And it's changed so many times over the years uh, from white pickguards to cream to pearl to black. And I think I've decided it like uh, so to me, it's copper strat with a black pickguard. Uh, that's my favorite uh, by far. So I don't know why. I just I just like it. Um, I think it's because it gives it a Charvel slash Fender kind of vibe. It takes a little different. But I definitely like the copper color. Um, if it was me, I would probably have most of my guitars just be copper colored. I like that color a lot. Okay, uh, now I want to do, I did a bunch of super chats, so hold on, I want to do a bunch of unsuper chats. Uh, let's see, Bamozi says, don't chase tones, I play what I want and and uh, what guitar I want to play it on. That's a, it's an interesting thing, the, the, the tone chasing thing is a, is a tricky thing. I always assume, and this is where sometimes I've learned that's probably not a good idea to do that. 
I always assume when I'm talking to somebody about gear and going to music stores and checking out gear or chasing tones or learning about uh, pedals or learning about guitars, I always assume that that's on top of playing music. Like I play music a lot. In fact, a lot. Uh, and uh, I, I hours every day. Um, I, I can't help it. It's like when I when I had a corporate gig and I had to get up, I would get up in the morning early before work and play guitar. That's just what I would do. I would go uh, to the to the guitar center by my my uh, by my office and I would go to lunch and I would skip lunch and I would go there and I would just play guitar sitting in the guitar center and then go back to work. Um, it was like that. It's I will always seek out some kind of instrument to sit and play. In fact, um, one of the hardest things I have to do is I'm one of those uh, players that if you hand me an instrument and in, like in these a lot of these uh, collab videos and you start talking, I'll just sit there and play. So I've learned to really like kind of sit on my hands and not do that. So playing guitar is important. That's more important than anything else. Uh, practicing is important. It's more important than anything else. And then tone chasing all that thing. I think that's really just the 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 the, the the mystique the fun of it you know what i mean um listening to the crazy stories of rock stars doesn't really make me think that that's important to the sound but i love the stories i love learning the history of this stuff um so yeah i think um bam right i agree with him but i also love the tone chasing kind of kind of thing um because it's also how you kind of change a little bit. You want to change a little bit too. There's good things of both. But again, I always like to hear everybody's kind of view on that because there's a there's not a whole lot of you know definitive like this is the way it is, which is what's great about art art in the first place. Um, uh, Tony's saying that basically John Mayer, the trio tour. Um, from from a few years ago was uh, great because he did not even try to stay true to the albums or tones. Yeah, I, I yes, yeah. I I never saw them live, the trio live. I but I I have the live recording, um, and I enjoyed all the versions of those songs. So hold on, there was a couple questions that I saw. James wants to know if I've ever tried to play drums. I have never tried to play drums. I do have a Cahoon kit, Cajon. Is it Cajon? I say Cajon. I think somebody said it's Cajon. Cajon kit. Uh, I can't play it. <laughs> um, you know what it is for me? It's uh, by the time I I was proficient at bass, by the time I got proficient at bass, then when I tried to learn like a uh, piano or drums, I could fiddle with it. And I could, and drums and piano, I could probably fake it for a minute. In other words, I could play, I can lay down a basic drum beat, a piano, I can play a basic thing to the point where if you called me on it for a few seconds, I could, I could trick you. I always call it tricking you when I'm like, you play something. And as long as no one asks you to play two songs, you're okay. Uh, that would be my skill set on the drums. I could get you through one song and piano through one song as well. And, uh, that's about it. Uh, let's see. Uh, Brian wants us to know, don't forget to hit the thumbs up button, hit that thumbs up button. There's 600 of you and there's 117 thumbs up. The, uh, the more thumbs up to get, uh, the more YouTube fulfills its destiny. <laughs> you know what? I don't know, man. Thumbs ups feel good. I hate to say it. and It's weird. It's, a, you know, thumbs up feel good. Thumbs up feel not so good, but they don't, you know, it's, 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 it is what it is. Um, This is the weirdest question. Spencer wants to know, Phil, do you ever ask yourself, how does Sweetwater make money? No. 
I don't ask myself that at all. I'm pretty sure I know how they, exactly they make money. Um, they uh, they sell product and they get profit and they do a lot of high volume. Um, I, I think I think uh, Sweetwater runs lean, which is you know important. Um, they 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 were the first company. I know some guys get discounts. They call and get discounts, but you understand most Sweetwater customers don't get discounts. Most Sweetwater customers just purchase, uh, and that's just going off of things I've heard, kind of people at Sweetwater saying. But more importantly, just talking to friends. I I uh, a lot of my friends like they buy at Sweetwater constantly, uh, and they just click the button and buy. Um, and I know this to be true because um, I've seen even you guys because, you know, uh, you guys have asked so much for over the years about me putting information in the descriptions of videos. I put all these links now in descriptions of videos. And one of the things nice now about links is sometimes you get a kickback for those links, which is a nice way to fund your channel. And sometimes you don't, uh, but you at least get to see what happens. And actually the data sometimes is more important to me because it lets me know what you're doing. I've learned real fast that you got to watch the comments. Um, you know, 20% of the comments <laughs> don't rep, or actually I'm trying, I'm saying this wrong. I want to say that basically 80% of the comments don't actually connect with the audience. So when you look at a video, I'll do a video and let's say it has 10,000 views and it'll have 3000 likes, two dislikes. But if you look at it, it has like 50 negative comments, which is out of skew. And, uh, you realize real fast that the co- negative p- comments actually are just set in stone almost. They come no matter what. So it doesn't matter if the video is good or bad. But, you know, you want to take you want to take away something from it so you can learn. But anyways, back to the Sweetwater thing. Um, no, I think they do really well because they 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 really learned how to 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 do customer service online. That is what Sweetwater figured out faster than anybody. They were the first customer service online company as far as I'm concerned in our industry. Uh, Brett, Brett, Brett wants to know, does my wife love the number of guitars I have? Um, hmm. That's a good question. She doesn't like, I can tell you the only thing she doesn't care for, cause I do so many reviews now. Cause I, I still don't do as many reviews as, as, as I, I, I think I want to, um, because I don't eat, my reviews are still not even 50% of my overall videos created. Um, about 30% of my videos are reviews and I'd like it to get about 40% because so many reviews get requested and reviews are, are a little, not easier to make, but they're a little straight, more straightforward to make. Um, but that being said, a lot of the gear that comes in for review because my wife doesn't enjoy that because a lot of times it's on loan and she doesn't want to damage it or it get damaged so that, you know, we have to buy it. Also, you got to keep track of it. You got to keep track of the packaging for it. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a little tricky. Um, and because I don't flip videos very quickly, in other words, you don't, they don't send me a product and I just do the video that day. I want to learn, you know, how to use the gear. Sometimes I have that stuff for a while, so it's a little. So she doesn't seem to like that. The rest of it, I don't think she cares. Actually, I know she doesn't care. She doesn't care how many guitars. Um, uh, I personally won't buy super crazy expensive guitars, and we've talked about that before. I just won't do it. Um, what's funny was I asked her once, uh, I was like being sarcastic. I said, what would you do if I bought one of those expensive, crazy like guitars? And she basically said she didn't care. And, uh, which sucked because that really meant that it was my, it was me holding me back. I'm not going to do it. So it's just out of my comfort zone. Um, let's see. Uh, what do we got? We have Randy Crooks. He says, Hey, Phil. I know you are a big fan of Ibanez. I picked up a Korean-made 2004 Ibanez SX520QM. I'm sure that's a quilted maple. Uh, 
with Goto Locking Tuners. I love the guitar and it has become my favorite. Yeah, you know, Ibanez for me has always been like a home guitar for me. In other words, like it just feels like home. The the a lot of them, the 80 Shredder ones, I've kind of like grown out of. Although when I was, you know, younger, man, that was just fun to play. Um, but there's just something about Ibanez as a company, as a vibe. It's always going to take me you know, back to my youth. A lot of you guys, you know, you're going to look at Kramer's. Some of you guys are, are, you know, I talked to a lot of guys that are in their 20s now and to them, Schecter's were those guitars. So you, everybody knows what I'm talking about except for the, 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 the young, young kids watching that, uh, you know, the guitar can be more than just the instrument. It can be a vehicle for your mind. It could take you places and sometimes it'll take you back. So I've been as guitars were uh, where I, it, t- it takes me back. Um, Metalhead Hippie says, Phil, did you get your CK blocker? <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Hey, that's cool, Metalhead. <laughs> he's uh, PGing up the uh, the uh, what he's talking about was Glenn Fricker came out with a paddle called the C blocker. We'll just keep it uh, anyways. Um, and uh, it's a noise gate. And I did not. They're like 220 bucks. Um, and I've said this before. I don't really use noise gate. So that's why I I'm not going to. Uh, get one. Um, believe it or not, I use the only time I would use noise gate is uh, I like my 5150 pedal and it has noise gate built in it. I use that. And my Hughes and Kidner amps have noise gates built in them. And then I have uh, a, uh, I'm looking which one. I know I have the boss one. I have the boss. I thought I had the ISP too, but I just have the boss one. But I, even then, I don't use the noise gate very often. But I, you know, I talked to him about it. Uh, when we were in Germany and he said his is like the absolute best uh, and he explained the, the theory behind it I thought the theory was really interesting I'm sure to be honest with you if you're into that pedal um, let's be honest that pedal is a collectible piece because of the it's got the shtick to it so to speak on top of the quality of what it is so I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't unrecommend that to anybody I, I think if you're into that stuff that it's like the P-Melter pedal and all that stuff it's going to have a collectability to it for a long time so very cool uh, Grumpy Mike says, Hey, Phil, I wanted to throw five bucks your way, but Miss Grumpy said, Why not make it 10? She's awesome, ain't she? Yeah, that's pretty awesome, uh, Grumpy Mike. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, tell your wife, thank you so much. Uh, hopefully, she's not, you're not making her watch this. <laughs> So um, one of the things, what's funny is this is where somebody asked me how many guitars. Okay, I'll tell you, this is funny. What does my wife think about my guitars? And and I get that question. Oh, I'm going to come back to it. What does my wife think about the gear I have? What does my wife think about all this stuff? Let me tell you what my wife doesn't want. She just doesn't want to hear me talk about it. I talk about it so much, uh, this, this stuff. So it's funny when I bump into you guys and you guys will be talking to me and then your wife will be standing next to you and she's like, oh yeah, he, he watches it and I watch it too. Or they're making her watch it. That's what my wife won't do my wife will not watch any of this stuff i it's like it's 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 harder i i I don't know it's harder to give a cat a bath than it is to get my wife to watch some of this stuff so uh she does very good though i want to give her credit she does pretty good considering she's not into this at all um and uh plus she knows pretty much i won't say everything i know but she knows a lot like i said she could definitely she can build a guitar so um, she just doesn't, uh, she doesn't want to talk about it all day. Uh, okay. So let's go to a non super chat question. And hold on. But you guys are disagreeing with me that you, your, your home guitars are also fenders or Ibanez's, which is nice. 
Oh, you know what? Robocraft, Robotcraft Master Switch. When I was a kid in the 80s, Schecter was an unobtainium guitar. I love the word unobtainium. Uh, that's what I use too when I say it's unobtainium. It's just something I can't even conceive or get. Uh, so that's funny that Schecter in the 80s was, because in the 80s, that was a parts guitar at that point, right? So it was, uh, you were probably, it was a, a stuff they were building from parts and more high end. Uh, although I, I hate to say that because that's implying the new ones are not high end. And I personally feel I've said this consistently since the day the first episode ever aired on YouTube. Uh, Schecter to me has always been the best quality for the dollar guitars on the market. So the only complaint I've ever had is I think of their marketing is just too focused on the metal guys. I think they should have. I think they should. I think they should have. But I also think they should continue to embrace the non-metal markets. Um, there's a reason why Fender and Gibson have been around forever because, you know, metal players, rock players, blues players, you know, uh, country. You, If you want to build a guitar, you want it to appeal to as many genres as possible. And, my, and, I, and besides, I mean, it's, I mean, it's fine to be specific in some guitar companies, but I think Schecter is trying to be a global brand. And if you want to be a global brand, be as global as you can. Um, so, oh, Okay, uh, Jamie's got a question. Phil, I'm thinking of getting one-to-one -one guitar lessons, but I'm an adult. I'm kind of embarrassed. Should I be? Absolutely not. Not at all in any way, shape, or form. Um, you know, and, and I'm not just saying that. This sounds like something you just say, like, no, there's no big deal about that. No, I, I actually cannot totally empathize with uh, what you're saying because, so you know, um, I, ha I go to lessons, and I've been playing for a long time. And sometimes, uh, to this day, it happens. I'll be talking to my instructor and I have to admit something like, uh, you know, like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I always, and my instructor is very nice, but I can always tell in their face, like, what? <laughs> like, how do you not know this? And, and you know what it is. And uh, what's funny is, and like I said, I'm not, I'm not saying this for any other reason to say that I can totally understand the, the, the animosity, I don't know, is that the right word? I don't think that's the right word. Uh, I can understand the, the nervousness you have because of the fact that, you know, you're having to deal with something like this. But what I've learned is that um, for me, whatever embarrassment I feel, whatever uh, uh, scaredness I feel, whatever awkwardness, whatever I feel, um, immediately is gone once I have that knowledge. It's a weird thing about learning. Once people like to make fun of you for not knowing stuff. That's why on the channel, I have such an, a hard nosed opinion. And I know I always say, I don't like to be, you know, people who are, uh, you know, just, you know, uh, I don't know. Let me take a drink of water. Hold on. I know I said, I don't like people who basically, uh, are, are only one way about something. But one thing I don't like to be too wishy-washy on is, uh, the environment that's needed to learn. And the reason I've learned that is because what happens is, is when you're, when you, when somebody makes fun of you for not knowing something, what I've learned is they can't make fun of you once you know it. It's over, right? They try to bring it up, but you notice it just washes off you because it doesn't matter anymore. So what I'm basically trying to say is don't be uh, worried about it. Don't be embarrassed. Uh, go learn because once you do, I, I promise you, it just sheds off you like in seconds. Once you know how to do it, it's just, it's just gone that, that all that, all that, all those negative feelings are gone. So do it. Um, and I'm sure a lot of you will testify to that as well. I think it's a very common trait that people feel. Um, Dave says he's 43 and he takes lessons every week. Yeah. You know, what's funny is, uh, 
you know, it's it's funny to me that everybody thinks everybody should just be good at something. <laughs> and the reality is, uh, I love it. So, you know, uh, when people in the comments on a video are like, ah, oh, you suck at guitar. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's why I'm keep working on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, it just literally has no impact on me. It would be something I would actually probably the, the person trolling that would probably have more impact on me if I wasn't trying so hard. The more I try, actually, the worse I don't feel. Sometimes I've heard people say, like, I try so hard and I'm not very good and it makes me feel bad. I actually feel the opposite. Because I'm trying, I don't feel bad. I, I feel like I'm putting in the effort. I don't know what else to do besides that as I keep trying to play uh, better and better. And especially in my thing, because um, keep in mind, I'm not interested in playing shredder stuff. That's just not my thing. I like to play it for fun, but really I just like to be in time and play in sync and play in good music. I just want to be part of a band. You know what I mean? When I, when I go jam with people, I just want to be the part that's not hurting the band. Uh, David, uh, hey, <laughs> David says learning is so important until you expire. Yep. You know what I mean? It's just... I, I love it. I've been, I, I, I love learning. There's, there's nothing, no downside to it. Um, uh, Jay, uh, JG Mopar says, I've been learning for 35 years. I suck, but enjoy it every day. Isn't that funny? You know, what's funny. I think I don't want to steal this because uh, I'm pretty sure Pete Thorne said it, but I could be wrong. Um, I thought it was Pete that said it, uh, that uh, guitar, I'm pretty sure he said guitar is fun, whether you suck at it or you're good at it. I thought that was a really cool thing he said. I'm, I'm paraphrasing how he said it, but it was really cool. It was just this thing he said, and it kind of took me, it shocked me for a second. Like, it never occurred to me that I've had as much fun on the guitar as I as I do now as I did 20 years ago. And so funny about that, like, how, how funny that it was fun when I was worse at it. Why is it, you know what I mean? Why isn't it not fun until you're good at it? So that's what's great. You're, it's fun the whole time. So I feel like we're on a happy-go-lucky Thanks. So let's go back to some questions. Um, uh, okay. So what else do we got? We have, um, we have Matt Wells says, Hey, Phil, I love the Marshall blues breaker reissue. What other Marshalls or other brand of amp? Will you get me closest to the blues breaker without having to buy an amp the size of a Volvo? You know, if you like the blues breaker, I'm, I'm telling you, I think, uh, you should check out those bass breakers by Fender, uh, especially the seven watt one. That will definitely get you that vibe for a lot cheaper and uh, a lot, um, a lot less, uh, a lot less size and less wattage. Um, in fact, I would say if you're a blues breaker guy, besides going with the boutique kind of copies of it, I would definitely check out the bass breaker by Fender seven watt combo or head. So that's where I would send you. If you want to save a little room, have the tone, and save a little money. Uh, the smelly cats jazz says, have you tried the sun Valley shredder by Schecter? I have, um, I have, it's uh, the Charvel vibe kind of guitar. Very cool. Uh, you know, I, I like to say I want one, but I try to keep everything, you know, with, cause you can only have so many of these guitars, uh, <laughs> but uh, it is, it is what I want with a Sustainiac. So the reason I, I haven't even thought about pulling that trigger yet is I know, I know if I get one, something has to go, you know what I mean? There's just... It, you know that a lot of my guitars you know for something to come in sometimes something has to go so there's only so much money so many guitars so much stuff and only so much i could justify to saying well it's you know it's for the videos 
<laughs> so, uh, Richard Patterson says, Hey, Phil, I'm putting together a mahogany telly kit. Do you have any recommendations for set of noiseless pickups? Um, you know, Richard, I don't. Unfortunately, I think I mentioned this before that I have some noiseless pickups. They're literally downstairs in the boxes downstairs for some Sharp on My Axe episodes. Um, and uh, I'm doing kind of a shootout with the noiseless pickups because of the fact that there's a lot of the noiseless pickups I don't like. Um, I will say you're saying telekit. Uh, I do use the. I can tell you the, to- the the tele pickups I use in my Telecaster right there are noiseless. They are the Billy Gibbons BG1400 set from Seymour Duncan. I highly recommend that. Um, they're not inexpensive by any means, but they are really good if you want to retain that tele sound punchiness. They kind of like a telecaster on steroids but no noise something like that i definitely recommend that but i am trying some others right now to see how they sound um and then i have some more super chat questions but i'm going to try grab some non-super chats and i'll get back to you guys in a second uh now you guys are just talking about your enjoyment of guitar which is awesome uh Let's see. Uh, you guys are still talking about lessons. <laughs> uh, Ro- Robot Craft says, looking at Phil's Framus behind him makes me look seriously at their cheaper offerings. Yeah, I have to admit the the Framus guitars are, and I still, and you know, it's nice. I think a lot of times what's great about having this interaction with you guys is there's consistency. You know, I do a video, whether it's a year ago, two years ago, two months ago, you guys can always ask me. I think sometimes if you guys have done this before, like, what do you think of that now? And when I do those into your recaps, um, I bought that Framus, whoops, that one right there. I bought that in October of 2017. And I will still tell you this to this day, it's still the best playing guitar I own, best built guitar I own. Um, and, and by, and I, by the way, like I said, I think I've said this as well. It's not my favorite guitar of all my guitars. I don't know what that is that, that makes it not the favorite guitar. Um, and, um, but it's a great guitar and I play it obviously, but it is still, amazing quality to see and then of course i have a blue framus right there and the same thing just the quality on those guitars those guys are some next level stuff so the frames guys they're pretty crazy <laughs> so, so, uh let's see c c Burgess says phil does your wife play guitars um no she can play chords um she can play she plays enough guitar because of the fact that she's worked on guitars she's dealt with guitars for so many years i've known my wife you guys probably don't know this maybe you do from a prior show i don't know if i came up i've known my wife since i was 13 so we've known each other a long time she's she's familiar with my problem <laughs> as a guitar player um uh, because like i said i didn't start playing guitar till i was 15 so so that'll put that in perspective so anyways uh that being said no she doesn't really play guitars she can play guitar ukulele piano a little bit and um, of course, you can work on guitars. And like me, she's a thesaurus of a lot of guitar information. Uh, maybe, I mean, you know, uh, but uh, maybe, I mean, in today's age, Wikipedia of it. Uh, anyways, uh, she does own a few guitars, though, believe it or not. <laughs> so mostly the guitars she owns, though, are guitars that she liked of mine and I decided to sell. I wanted to get rid of them to get something else. And she she bought them, so she has them. Uh, she doesn't. She didn't want me to get rid of them. Okay. Okay. Uh, Tony says, if there wasn't Fender Gibson G&L 
or Epiphone, what would you be playing and don't say Framus, just regular guy guitar? Oh, that's a good question. So no no Fender. Uh, so I'm going to say no Fender, no Squire, because that's what you're kind of implying. Uh, G&L, Epiphone. Um, and, I, and I'm not going to say Ibanez because you guys already know that's an Ibanez thing. So I'm trying to think of something. Uh, and I'll try to actually think of something I have that I would uh, st- stick with. You know, to be honest with you, it would probably be... Um, like either a Yamaha or a Court or a Samic, some kind of guitar company that makes those type of guitars. There's so many guitar companies that make Fender-esque and Gibson-esque guitars that are fantastic. So, uh, the the I, I, like I said, I've been collecting a long time. As a collector, you build a collection. That's what you do. It's just like trading baseball cards. I've mentioned this many times. There are guitars that I bought for two hundred dollars and I've sold for two thousand dollars. That's just how that's the. And there's guitars I bought for two thousand dollars and I sold for five hundred dollars. That's how it goes. But as a collector, when you collect, that's how you grow your collection through the through trading and buying the right time and buying a deal when you find it and trying you know and tweaking and you know it's just any, collecting anything toys you know whatever you want to collect. Um, but that being said, um, if I wasn't a collector, and I've said this many, many times, if I wasn't a collector and it, the brand representation didn't matter to me, in other words, the brand only matters to me because of the iconic of the history of it. There's history with these brands. All these other brands out there, like Harley Benton, um, and I know I did a recent Harley Benton video, and, and that guitar was okay, but overall, the guitar the Bentons I played were pretty good. Um, Harley Benton, Sam Court, uh, what else? I mean, there's a ton of brands uh, that I've picked up that I've I really liked that are good. So the brand names just help with the resale value. And like I said, there's a lot of marketing behind them. So that's kind of the coolness of it. You know, getting that guitar that finally that one rock star had. So uh, yeah, see uh, QM4QNW Nelson. We're just going to say Nelson. Uh, it says I have a Sam and Greg Bennett. Yeah, the Sam and Greg Bennett stuff is fantastic. And I think with this, my Washburn, you know, that's another brand I really liked. Washburn was a brand that just, it was always its own enemy in the last two, three decades. In other words, the guitars overall were great. Some cool models, something different, but they were always under new management, new people, always new things happening. Um, but like I have a Nuno N4 that I, I man, I, I love it. I could just play that forever too. Uh, let's see. Oh, R. Sanchez says, whatever happened to the beer caster crimson guitar you built? It's actually the first guitar. If you leave this room, it's the first guitar that you see, uh, in my, I have a two story house. So it's the first guitar. When you walk in my house, it's the first thing you see, uh, is the beer caster guitar. So, um, and I think that's because believe it or not, my daughter's friends, when they come over, they've seen that video and they kind of like, Oh, it's the guitar. It's the beer caster. So yeah, the beer caster is, is more of a display guitar. I use it. I play it, you know, but I play it like I pick it up and play it when I, when I'm down there, but it's, it's actually the guitar. I, I highlight the most just cause it's got a, that's a cool video, crazy guitar, crazy video, crazy story. So Nelson said, sorry, it's his amateur radio call sign. Oh, I'm just not, I'm not giving you crap, buddy. <laughs> just, um, let's see. Uh, okay. Let's do a super chat. Hold on. Cause I know there's a couple now over here penned. Like I said, I like to toggle back and forth. Um, and it says, uh, this is Andrew who says, I just bought a 2019 50 standard Les Paul. How do you get the sticky lacquer off without sanding and ruining the finish? Um, you know, uh, I, I, that's tough. 
um, what I would look at is, if you remember, I did the video with Ron Thorne, um, and he talked about using Meguiar's without any cleaner, which had pumice in it. And um, there was a question as whether or not you can use it on lacquer. So, um, you know what I will do, Andrew, is I'll ask Ron. Let's see. I don't know. I don't know if he'll respond back. I'm going to ask Ron uh, if we could use the Meguiar's on lacquer. Um, okay. Hold on a second. Hi, Ron. And and I'll get back to you if it if it's next week too. I I just want to do it right now. Hold on. Hi, Ron. Can you use Meguiar's on a lacquer finish? Okay. So I just sent him that. And uh, if he answers me before next Friday, I'll let you guys know for sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, Andrew Stevens says, sorry from the sorry from the back of the neck. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, no, no. It's okay. So Andrew's just saying, yeah, can you use it from the back of the neck? Okay, Andrew, same thing. Um, well, I've asked Ron. I would imagine he, he would know. Uh, if not... Uh, We'll see what we can find the answer. Sean Brown says, have you checked out the new PRS SEs? Well, yes, I have. <laughs> yes. Uh, if you guys didn't see this week, PRS announced some new SEs, including a hollow body. Um, I don't know how much that guitar is going to be. If I was guessing, it's going to be $1,000 $1,500. That's my guess, even though it's made in Indonesia, because it's like four to five grand for the American ones, a hollow body. Um, and then they're going to have like a, they have like a Mira, right? And they have a, a Starla SE and then something else. What was the other SE? There's another one. Um, and uh, uh, I saw the pictures, thought they were cool. So, you know, I've been really hoping that they were going to do a hollow body uh, SE. And so uh, if I can get one to review, I will definitely do that and review it and check it out and do maybe even a comparison against the, the American one. We'll see. Like I said, very cool. So you never know. Uh, SEs are definitely easier to get companies to send out, you know, uh, and, and let you check one out to, to do a review. It's not a, not a harder thing to get. So we'll see <laughs> again. Um, uh, let's see. What else do we got? Uh, Jose Benito Martinez Jr. Hey, buddy. What's up? Says, Phil, greetings from the burning hot, sunny Southern California. Question. Have you played any new harmony guitars? Or what is your thoughts on the revised brand? I have heard nothing but good things about this, and I think um, I think uh, I haven't touched one. I saw uh, I saw it at first at Nam, I think, but I didn't see I didn't touch them. I just saw them at a distance. But everybody told me afterwards, and I was like, oh, what did I miss? Apparently, it's something. Uh, so Harmony's making um, Harmony. We know Harmony from being an inexpensive brand years ago. And now they're kind of coming in as a higher end guitar. I, my understanding, if I'm doing off memory, Jose, it's they're made in America and they're like in the sub thousand dollar price point, something like that, or in that price point. Um, very interesting to say the least. But uh, what's cool is I, I can tell you guys now, I will be at Winter Nam this year and I will be checking out product this year. Uh, I've decided to do it. Uh, this is something I will be doing. Uh, sometimes I don't know if I'm going to do it or not. It's a very expensive cost and the videos never seem to pay the, 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 uh, 
you know, the, the, the amount of effort into it. But I decided to do it uh, because, you know, it's cool gear. I want to check it out. I want to have some fun, and I'll just make sure I film it. Uh, let's see. Uh, Grumpy Mike says 15, I think he means 1500 $1,500 is a hard pill to swallow for an Indonesian mega guitar. Yes, I understand that. But keep in mind, man, that is not uh, actually unlikely now. When you go to Guitar Center, it's like rows of nothing but Indonesian guitars in the $1,500 or $1,000 range. The Steve I Gems made in Indonesia are $1,500. A lot of the Schecters made in Indonesia now are still creeping up $1,000. I mean, uh, it's just what it is. The Solar guitars, which are really good, are in the seven dollars $800 range are uh, in main Indonesia. Um so, you know, that, uh, that, uh, uh, the AZ Ibanez that was $1,300 is made in Indonesia, the premium that I reviewed. So it's, it's, uh, I don't know what it is. You know what I mean? I, I try, I try not to say anything now because I remember as a kid, people my age saying that about Japanese guitars. <laughs> I remember when I bought my Ibanez made in Japan RG770. It was a thousand dollars street or retail, and I think I got it for seven something. And I remember the guy in the store, the music store, the guy selling it to me was like, "Man, kid, you could get a a real Strat for this." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, but this is cool," so I bought it because it was blue. <laughs> It's not why I bought it, but it was what it was cool looking. So, um, and I remember thinking that this is the weirdest thing ever. So, uh, maybe it's maybe it's just the progression of things. I don't know. One of the main reasons, there's a ton of reasons, but one of the main reasons that's making Indonesia a great source to build guitars is they embrace technology. Um, uh, the Chinese manufacturers, for the most part, like to throw people at problems. This is just a reality of business. They they uh, they they want to make guitars. They want to put an army of people behind that and uh, put their you know hand sanding, hand doing stuff. And so that because because of that, they don't really in, uh, put a lot of technology in place. This isn't something I've uh, read or this is literally from the manufacturers. I've talked to manufacturers about why they're moving to Indonesia. The uh, so that's one of the things. The other thing that happens is to understand is that Samic and Court. Quartet Guitars, two industry-leading manufacturers. In other words, they build a lot of guitars for a lot of people. They move there. So again, you're going to have, that's what happens when they do anything. When you move some factories uh, to a place, you're going to have skill set there now. You're going to have technology there. You're going to have infrastructure there. You're going to have the ability to do that there. So that's a lot of that too. So that's the main thing that causes uh, that to happen. And so that's what we're noticing. And a lot of people keep saying, oh, the Indonesian guitars are better than the Chinese made guitars. Which, you know, what's funny is, is that there could be some truth in this because of the fact that, like I said, they're relying more on the machines to build the guitar. So you're probably going to see a more consistent guitar coming in Indonesia over and over again. That's what we liked about Korean-made guitars. They were using uh, good machines and, and higher quality machines and less handwork, um, letting the machines take over and letting the hands just do some of the finish-up work. So that's one of the things that, that helps improve those guitars. One of the things I got asked once was, you know, do I think that the, uh, the machines will eventually make the the luthiers uh, obsolete well i think that's not even a question for the guitar industry that's a question for almost every person out there eventually machines are getting so good at things that it, they take over in a lot of industries we're going to see that unfortunately or fortunately depending on how you, which side of the street you're on if you're the consumer you're just getting better quality cheaper so you're going to be for that if you're in the industry and you might lose a job from that or take a pay cut you're not excited about that um so, I mean, I, I try to look at both sides, even though obviously I look at it as everything that, that takes it away from the industry is making it harder for me. However, that being said, if you don't adapt, 
then there you go. You already know how that goes. I don't have to tell you the rest of that sentence. Um, uh, yeah, Showman Blue says, uh, court is huge. I had a $300 court that was better than many of the Gibson U.S. guitars. It's, it's a very possible. And in fact, um, the Gibson guitars to me are not about how well they're made. It's about how they feel. They feel like the... <laughs> <laughs> like a Gibson. Uh, it's weird. It's like the things that we complain about the Gibsons are the things that I think we ultimately like about the Gibsons. They're kind of like that sticky lacquer and the weird vibe, but they have this sound to them. But like I said, when I want to look at guitars as a, not as a guitar collector, not as an enthusiast or as even a guitar player, if I want to look at them as someone who literally builds or manufactures guitars or somebody who repairs guitars, Yes, when I look at some of these guitars, especially from Court, uh, it's very impressive to see what they can pull off. They pull off some really crazy stuff. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Um, hold on. Now, you guys, I'm looking for another question or a little subject. <laughs> Jamie, I'm going to give this to you. He says, so Phil, what you're saying is China is the last bastion of the resistance against our inevitable robot overlords. Yeah. <laughs> as weird as that sounds, maybe that's true. That's <laughs> that sounds scary the way you say it. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's that, there's a lot to that to say the least. Um, I mean, I can tell you this. I never, I never thought. Well, when I say never, in the last few years, ten years, never thought I would pick up an Indonesian guitar over a Japanese guitar and say, "Okay, I like this." I like my Solar better than some, which is made in Indonesia, better than some of my Korean-made guitars, and I liked a couple of the premium Indonesian Ibanezes I played better than some of the Japanese ones I played. Now, again, the Japanese ones and the Korean ones were perfect. That's what made this tough. It wasn't like good over bad. It was good or slightly better over good. You know what I mean? So it was weird to see that. So, you know, um, what I don't know, what we, what we all don't know is, you know, are we getting a fair deal? And that's what we talk about. I always look at, I've always looked at this this way. When you're looking at import guitars and somebody goes, oh, this guitar is made in China, this is Korea, Japan. We're, we're definitely one of the last industries that stay focused on this. This is a really focused part of a consumer discussion, right? This amp is made in, in the USA. This amp is made in China. This guitar is made in Indonesia. This guitar is made in Germany. This guitar is made in Japan. This guitar is made in Mexico. We seem to be very hyper-focused on where stuff is made. And, and, and if you look at it, there's a ton of industries. Uh, there, there are some industries like us, of course, but there is a ton of industries that just th those discussions are gone or they're just a day of days past. No one is talking talking on a, about TVs, like, where's my Zenith made? Because Zenith is gone. The Zenith RCA TVs, they're in the USA, they're gone. You buy a TV, it's coming from China or wherever. So the, the point is, what are we discussing? And a lot of times, believe it or not, we're not discussing the country of origin in aspect of, of, of a lot of times there's this belief where we're talking about the quality, but really we're just talking about the price point. We know that if you go to certain countries, you can get a better price point on manufacturing. And so we, we expect that to be the representation of what we're paying. And so a lot of times when somebody says to me, like, well, what does a Korean guitar mean or what does an Indonesian guitar mean? I'm like, well, it means it should cost less than a made in America guitar because it costs more to make a guitar here. And then I'll have somebody say, well, just because it's made in America doesn't mean it's a good guitar. Absolutely. But it does mean it's more expensive because it costs more to make it here. So you have to decide for all the reasons of your own decisions uh, wh where you're going to buy the guitar or what matters to you. So there you go. 
Let's see. Brett wants to know, do I have guitars plucked? I do not. I uh, My Ibanez's, or not my Ibanez's, sorry, my Gibsons that I bought uh, came plucked. They are plucked guitars. Um, I don't know if I've had another guitar plucked. Uh, I think my Framuses are plucked because I think Framus does have a pluck machine. I know this, my GNL is not plucked, or at least I don't think it's plucked because they asked me if I want it plucked and I said no, but they could have plucked it anyways. Uh... Pleck is definitely a thing. Here's what I know. Every I think I've said this before. Every factory I go to says, hey, make sure you film our Pleck machine. <laughs> and every factory uh, is on the fence on whether or not Pleck is valuable or not. I have not seen anybody that says it's the absolute thing to have. Um, it's, it's good. It's a good thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. Uh, it'll be curious to see if it lasts because the, that's the real question. Okay. Jeff Harper says, who cares where it's made as long as it's good? I think that's a very good attitude to have. Um, I think that's sometimes the best attitude to have. Uh, I've noticed this. You ever had this experience? I've had this happen to me a couple times now where I pick up a guitar and I can't see. There's nowhere on the guitars where it's manufactured. And uh, I play it and I play it and I decide, I decided in my head, I go, oh, this is made in China or this guitar is made somewhere is what I think it is. And then later I find out that's not accurate. So that really tells you, like, can you really even tell? Um, sometimes you can, right? I had a friend once say that all Korean guitars have a very Korean guitar feel. Uh, there seems to be some truth in that, in the way that they do seem to construct them. They just happen to have a style to them and a feel. But again, uh, I don't think it matters. What, what does matter though, is again, you don't, I think the, it's a personal thing. I think the idea that somebody will pay like $5,000 for a guitar made in China upsets them, not because of any other reason that then it means that one person probably got all the profit. It, you know what I mean? The, the workers didn't get it. The shippers didn't get it. The retailer didn't get it. Somebody at the top figured out how to keep the money that I've seen in this industry. I've seen, I've physically been there in this industry as the retailer watching a manufacturer move its stuff from one country to another, save a ton of money, but not pass the savings on to the consumer. Um, and they can get more money that way. And, and, uh, you know, that's just part of business. I don't, I don't, I don't really, in those instances, I didn't approve of it. So, um, because of the, what happened. Uh, Steve Long says, Hey, Phil, found two red Seymour Duncan hot stacks, hot strat stacks from the mid 80s in my storage. Uh, worst method worth messing with? Question uh, mark. Uh, bummed your Harley Benton CST 24 was trashed. I love mine. Thanks for all the great content. It wasn't trashed. Um, it just, like I said, uh, the Harley Benton guitar, uh, which is great comments. If you didn't see the video, I did a review of the Harley Benton. The Harley Benton guitar, they sent me two guitars. One was damaged in shipping, which I, I talked about. Um, so, you know, in all fairness, because uh, uh, a couple people were like, well, you know, hey, you should have told Harley Benton before you just said that to everybody that it, it came damaged. Um, I did. I was trying to get exchanged for like the last three months. And I didn't get done. And so I didn't know what else to say. Um, my big fear, so you know, when you review stuff, my biggest fear is that if I hold an experience back from you and then all of you have that negative experience, then you're like, wow, why didn't you have that experience? And then I go, oh, I did. I just didn't mention it. That seems to be a very not cool thing to do to a bunch of people. So I try to be very transparent with that. The Harley Benton, of course, I was being as transparent as I can because of the fact that there's a lot of comments on the internet about the fact that all the YouTubers review Harley Bentons. Let's be fair about this. You know, Tolman definitely is smart. They knew to send out the guitars to, to, to channels like us. We talked about it. You guys saw it. Obviously, I like the acoustic I reviewed. It was awesome. The cabinet I reviewed was awesome. So I got the, uh, the, um, 
uh, two guitars, and they were okay. <laughs> so one was damaged. Actually, the green one, the, the green one was damaged, was fantastic. It just was cracked. So, I mean, I don't know. But, I mean, that was a shipping damage. Uh, the, uh, the, um, the Fusion was actually pretty good. Like I said, it was pretty good. It's just these were the issues, and I wanted to disclose what they were. Um, I do have a base they sent me, and the base so far has been fantastic. And uh, just need a light setup, and uh, I'll have that video done soon. Uh, but hopefully we'll, you know, I don't know. Uh, I might get my hands on more Harley Bittons. Harley Bittons sent me a message saying that they, they're not able to send any more guitars. Um, so we'll we'll see. You know, I'm sure you let enough you guys have them. If I come across some local and stuff, I'll... I'll talk about them and show them. Um, but anyways, on that note, uh, your Seymour Duncan hot stack, strat stacks, strat stacks from the mid uh, storage. Yeah, they're worth messing with. Those are cool pickups, man. I, I think you'll like them. So um, especially I like, you know, Seymour Duncan. I like the older Seymour Duncans. I don't know why. So uh, probably because the magnets soften over time. You know what I mean? They, they I think pickups get, uh, pickups are, I believe pickups and like uh, speakers get, as they get older, get a little sweeter it, for the most part, please don't quote me as saying that's a definitive proof, but it seems to happen uh, on the overall. Um, Chris Sorrento says, Phil, what's the cheapest price? Oh, piece. Sorry. What's the cheapest piece of gear you've bought and sold for the largest profit? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know. Uh, uh. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's it's, too, it's tough when you're like swimming in your head trying to think of stuff. I can tell you of tons of scenarios where I, I bought uh, like a pedal for 50 bucks and then told around and sold it for four or $500. That's happened a bunch of times. Um, I did buy a Gibson once. I bought a Gibson Les Paul. I paid, uh, I think, 1200 bucks for it and I sold it for five grand. So I did that. Um, that was a, because this, here's what happens. This is Chris. This is not rock science when it comes to collecting it has nothing to do with guitars, just collecting in general. For some reason, when somebody stops making something, all of a sudden it has value. It's the weirdest part of collecting and anything else, non-collecting stop making it is usually a sign that nobody wanted it. And usually in, in, in collecting, that's what happens. They stop making it because nobody wants it. Then because they stop making it, everybody wants it because it's, you know, unobtainium. It's hard to get. So I, I've had a lot of experiences with that as well, where you buy guitars like that. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, so a lot of guys will buy vintage guitars and flip them for huge profits. I've always found for me, the, the, uh, good, the good deals are again, anticipating when something's going to come out of production. Um, I think like I can tell you stories instead of telling you a guitar, I'll tell you some stories about some guitars. I bought 20 white Paul Gilbert, uh, guitars from Ibanez made in Japan when they were, Ibanez was clearancing out the anniversaries of those. I think we paid like six, $700 a piece. And I think I flipped all those for two grand a piece. Uh, but I had to wait six, seven months for the fact that they got discontinued and everybody to catch out that it happened. I did the same thing with the John Mayer Strat from Fender. I bought up a bunch of the John Mayer Strats when, when, uh, when I found out I was actually, uh, got privy to finding out John Mayer left a couple days before, you know, the rest of the the world found out, even though John Muir was pretty fast to tell everybody, I think it was just fast. And I, so I put in an order before the, you know, anything happened. And what happened on that one is I put in the order cause I wanted them cause I knew they'd go up. But what I didn't know was Fender had already discounted them internally. So I bought a ton of those and flipped those. So, I mean, there's always, there's always stuff like that. But like I said, the best thing to do is, um, is get us, you want to get a sense of the market and what people want. And I, I knew people were going to want those guitars once they knew they couldn't get them. Uh, Jason says, I, I watched your video on the EVH Wolfgang special. Do you still feel the same? I am looking at a Framus D series idol maker, 
Both are around the same price. What are your thoughts? Oh, that's a good question. I still have my Wolfgang uh, guitar. I still like it. Uh, the Wolfgang guitar is definitely one of the best playing guitars, you know, out there and sounding for the neck. It feels good. It, it just, it's just a great guitar. Um, I don't play it as much, mostly because it's got the Van Halen vibe to it. I know that sounds silly. Uh, you know, I I, uh, I think that happens to a lot of us. Uh, you pick up a guitar. Same reason I don't play my Steve I gem. I really like my gem a lot, but every time I pull it out, somebody always asks me, like, oh, you're a Steve I fan. And I'm like, oh, I just like it because it's good. <laughs> so, I mean, I like Steve I. I like Van Halen. I like those guys, but that's not why I'm playing their guitars. Um, so, uh, that being said, uh, the Framus, I think what you asked about was the D-Series, right? Yeah, the D-Series. Uh, so I only, I've only tried one frame is D series. That was the Phil X. I did the sharp my axe on the guitar played great. Um, and, uh, it was a good guitar. The D series, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, frames Warwick is going to get that figured out because they, they really haven't got the D series dialed in yet as far. And that's, that's going off what they've told me. They, they're, they're really trying to get this right. They're, they're really hardcore about getting it right. So that being said, if I was going to pick one of the two, I'd pick the Wolfgang special. That's a long way to tell you that, but that's that's my honest opinion on that. I really like the Wolfgang specials. Uh, Steve Long says, oh, and I already did Steve's. Great. So let's go to how we do it on time. we got a few minutes before we got to go and start our weekends. Uh, David wants to know if I like any vintage pre-CBS strats at all. No, I'm not into vintage guitars as a whole. Um... And I, I don't know what that is. There's a ton of reasons. Um, they, uh, I, I don't want to pay a fortune for a guitar that I can find a great guitar for, you know, a good price. My green strat that I love, I can't point to it. There you go. Green strat that I love. Uh, I bought that guitar new. I think I got it for 900 bucks new. I think they were like, when I think when I bought that one, they were $1,200 street price. Now they're like 14, but I got it for a good deal. I got it for 900 bucks. I love it. It plays great. Um, I'm happy with that investment. I, I, I like it because I know I can get 900 bucks for it, you know, if I ever sell it. Um, in the future, it's going to hold value, so it's a good guitar. Not that that's what matters, but it does matter because, you know, if my kids decide, you know, I my daughter picks a, the right college, I'm going to have to let a lot of gear go. <laughs> so, um, anyways, that being said, I, I'm not really big into the vintage guitars as much. Um, I've owned a vintage bass. I think I've told you, everybody about this. But what happened was it went up in value to the point where I sold it. And I sold it for that same reason. I was like, okay, it's worth five times what I paid for it. I'm just going to get rid of it. Uh, so that's, that's the thing because this stuff is, I'm not trying to get rich off of it and I'm definitely not, I'm trying to enjoy it, but I'm not going to keep a, an instrument that could, you know, make my family's life a little better if I could sell it. It's just how it works. I already kind of feel guilty when I pay, you know, what I pay for certain guitars. Um, JP says, Hey Phil, you don't seem to be much of an orange guy. Why no orange love? Uh, I have never... Isn't that funny? I, I, Orange kind of took off, if you think about it. I mean, they've been around forever, but when they really took off again the second time, uh, it was right when I was starting to go into swing into you and YouTube full time. And where I live, only the guitar centers carry Orange, and they only carry like one or two of the inexpensive amps, and sometimes not even that. So I have no exposure to Orange at all. Uh, so that's what it is. I know Orange is really heavy with the YouTubers and sending stuff out, but I don't have a connection with Orange. So 
I think if I'm doing off memory, I think last year Orange reached out to me in an email um, and sent me an email and said, hey, we'd like to send you some stuff to check out. But I, like I said, sometimes I just can't do it. I didn't have time. You know, so I, at that point I, I said, hey, I can't I can't do it. And I, I've learned now that's something I didn't understand then. See, I was trying to be respectful and tell a company like, hey, if you're going to send me some product, I don't want to sit on it for a couple of months. You know what I mean? And then check it out. And then next thing you know, it's five, six months later doing a video. You guys have already seen that it happens on the channel all the time. Just you get so backlogged on stuff to do. Um, so I was trying to be courteous. And I think what happens is I've learned now that when I tell a company no for that reason, they take it as go away. So it happens. It's it's a thing. But uh, um, uh, I like all the orange amps I've played. So it's good stuff. Uh, okay. And then we'll do a quick couple more quick ones, and then we'll let you guys go. Uh, Phil, uh, oops, Bruce wants to know, Phil, have you tried the PRS SE Acoustic? I have played SE Acoustics many times. Uh, they're pretty good. Um, the, uh, uh, nothing, you know, nothing like that stuck out. Um, for acoustics, I play, I think I, I mentioned this, I've reviewed a lot of acoustic. I reviewed the Harley Benton and Orange and, and a bunch of others. Uh, I had some Breed Loves. I like the Breed Loves. And I think that's what the SEs remind me of. The SEs are like the Breed Loves. They're kind of all, you know, the same kind of vibe. So I think that's what it was. I had Breed Loves, um, and I didn't need the SEs. So, um, but, uh, the ones I've played are really good. Let's see. And let's do one more. Hold on, hold on. As I'm... Um... I just want to make sure I get the question right. So this is from Oak Oakman Oakman Five says, "Hey Phil, what do you think about Gibson custom axes? Uh, axis is ax is that something different? I'm trying to see if you're saying custom axis. I have to look. <laughs> this is one of those things where I just want to make sure I understand what it is that you're asking me. Oh, and of course it didn't come up." Is it a type of guitar, the Axis? Uh, is that the, uh, so what I'm pulling up is a Les Paul with a Floyd Rose in it. Is that correct? Does anyone know if that's the correct, what he's asking me before I, so, uh, that's what I see is a Les Paul with a, I don't know. No one's really confirming that. So, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I've never, I, I've never really thought about it. <laughs> so, all right. Oh, okay. So isn't the Axis Lifeson's rig? I don't know. So we'll have to skip that one. I'm just not familiar with it. Uh, and then uh, we've got a question that says, do you think, whoops, whoops, sorry, where, what is, uh, hey, Phil, what is the black LP looking guitar above the amp? Uh, I'm imagining, I don't know which one you're talking about because the only black one behind me is this one. That's a Dane Electro 59 NOS, but that's a Framus Panthera and it's purple. But yeah, it probably looks black. So either way, that's what you 
got. And we'll do this last question just came in and we'll hit this one and then we'll call it. And the question, oh my gosh, this, <laughs> by the way, Reggie, <laughs> Reggie Wooten just did beer money again. Oh man. Thank you, Reggie. That's crazy. Uh, Gary says, Hey Phil, I have a strat with a, uh, Seymour Duncan screaming demon in it. And I think it sounds weak. Uh, how can I test it without pulling it out of the guitar? Thanks. Test it to see how, what the input output is. Um, the uh well if it sounds weak I, I can tell you you know the simplest thing a lot of times when a humbucker sounds weak it's coil split so is it making 60 cycle hum is it making noise so uh that's what i would check um first is to make sure what i can tell you on that pickup is it's pretty straightforward uh, and how it's supposed to be the, the if you're not coil split so um you should have the green and the bare wire as the ground your white and red wire should be tied together, tied off, or attached to something if you're coil splitting it. And your black wire should be your hot. Um, and that is the only reason I mention that, even though it's pretty pretty easy, because most pickups, the red wire is hot and the black is a ground wire. Um, so just see where Duncan's a little wacky that way. So that's what I would check. Make sure your black wire is hot, your red and your white are tied together, whether that's taped off and they're tied together or they are connected to something like a switch for coil splitting. Um, uh, and of course your green and bare wire need to be uh, grounded to something that should help the situation uh, make sure it's right if that's right it should be working also the other thing you can do is lightly tap uh, with something metal on each one of the coils to make sure that each coil is equally loud and uh, and that would make sense as well um, and it, sometimes if you have something not grounded out completely it could sound a little weak too so but I can tell you right now that pickup um, is not a high output pickup it's not going to sound super distorted even it's called the screaming demon but it should not be weak it's not a weak pickup at all i've been uh and uh because i've i've installed tons of them and they always they always have enough power behind them um and then uh just a reminder for those of you guys that live in nashville Ooh, it got a little dark. Uh, I want to remind you guys that you can go to the Know Your Gear website on the main page. There is a class for Mojo Tone. They are doing a 5e3 style uh, tweed combo amp kit. Uh, and uh, you can go to the workshop. It's I'm doing one in Phoenix, um, but that one's pretty much full. As far as I understand, it is full. Um, but the one in Nashville is not. So please check that out. It's uh, Like I said, it's the 17th. Um, at 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. It's a two-day class, uh, so 16th and 17th in Nashville. Again, all the information, I'll make sure I index it but down below. You definitely want to do this. Um, this is something that I really think is the coolest thing ever that they're doing, uh, which is teaching us how to build these amps. It's cool, man. Uh, so if you're thinking about doing it, and uh, it, this is going to be your opportunity if you live in Nashville, so make sure you do it. The other thing I want to do is a real quick shout-out to the Patreon crew, crew that makes this happen every week. And more importantly, as soon as I find him, there they are right. Oh, here it is, live show. We have a new one, F Crew. F Crew is the newest patron. Uh, he's just uh, started supporting the channel. I appreciate you so much, F Crew. And then, of course, the list, of course, is James Biles, Lawrence Petros, Rob Martha, David Foy, Blake Bean, Derek Miller, Gene Graham, Michael Mooney, Alasdair McLeod, Bruce Collins, Andy Dennis, Gary Phillips, Sam Orem, Chief Squatch, Muse Guitarist, Bob Crosley, Todd Flowers, Tim Farnsworth, Zesty Basil Pizza, Greg Peterson, Dennis Prescott, Greg Parker, Lonnie Hoke, Joseph McCarthy, Anthony Desposito, Brian Stewart, Kermit Jackson, Tim Camacho, Paul Ostreich, Lit Michael Lindner, Jonathan Pickering, 
Bob Pickwode, Louis and Elvero, Chris at the Guitar Pit, Jeff Howes, BB Ninja, Zachary Rowe, Justin Mabe, and Jeff Thompson are uh, top-tier patrons. And, of course, all the other patrons that support the channel. And you guys for hanging out every Friday. This was like literally we had over 800 people, which is crazy. Uh, you guys are great. Thank you for the great questions and the hangout. Please enjoy the rest of your weekend. And uh, don't forget to check out the links and stuff down below to some of the auctions for the charity. And until next week, I'll just let you guys go with a uh, thanks for your time and know your gear.